This is Hank from the Wildflower Bee Farm for May 16th, 2021. Well, I'm going to start by giving you a few hive updates, followed by a wildflower report, talk a bit about swarms, talk about no-look splits, and as well as some planning. And if you're involved with bees, you know how important it is to plan, sort of outline what you're going to do for the year with regard to your hives. So I'll go through that with you too. So for a hive update, if we go around the farm, we talk about the... Um, the spruce grove and all the hives within the, the bush are doing exceptionally well. They're behind a little bit, and I think that's because of the, um, you know, it's just cooler there. It's not as warm. It didn't have the, you know, the jump start as some of the other hives did. Um, the They are collecting all kinds of pollen and nectar, and they're extremely busy. Um, the um, pollen is coming. If we look at if we look at the flowers, we have a canola, a volunteer canola, canola that I've talked about that's just taken over a small section of the farm and, and the the bees are absolutely loving that. We have a Bolanza clover and Allsick clover that are, that is up blooming and as well as dandelions and some other wildflowers. So the bees are really really knocking it out of the park, if you will. The uh, status of the hives is, is, is quite fascinating as far as how healthy they are. We continue to collect data both on the internal and external temperatures and humidity. Uh, and it's been, uh, you know, really a, an education to watch what's happening uh, with all the hives. Again, it doesn't seem to matter where they are or if they're in a single or double because of the uh, habitat that we have here, that they are just, just thriving. I should say too that it's clear to me that I lost two hives from hop guard treatment and and this is a real dilemma when it comes to the July idea of do we treat or not treat. So the um, the Langstroff hives and, and, and so I'm looking at just really talking to Mary, debating this whole concept of, you know, what do you do? There's a risk to treatment. Um, I think what happened again with the hop guard was some of the liquid dripped down and, and got onto a queen or two or the two queens or perhaps just those two hives even though they were quite strong when I applied the hop guard in March and it was a warmer day so there was no chill involved it was above 13 one of those rare March days when I did them so the only thing I have left to say is that um, you know there's risks with that and I'm going to have to calculate the risk and decide the plan was to again treat the Langstroth hives that haven't uh, been from swarms or uh, the split I'm going to talk about but now I'm not sure so we'll have to uh, you know stay tuned and keep uh, keep weighing that the wildflowers that we planted in the fall are not uh, up yet there's some semblance of some sprouting it looks like uh, tall grass prairie but we're not sure how long that's going to take you know it's a real dilemma we have the volunteer canola that obviously came from a uh, some type of uh, fertilizer that was done years ago on the farm or, or somehow because we've never grown canola um, but it, the, the science on canola is so strong as far as the uh, benefit of the pollen that you know while I'm tempted to take my bush hog and get rid of it the other part of me says you know it, it, it's so important for the bees that we should uh, let it happen and hopefully um, you know there'll be a battle for for the ground and the uh, whoever is the strongest will win swarms so we have been documenting this swarm on what we call the log hive the one log hive where a swarm came in last year and did a great job getting through the winter and looked like they were swarming uh, april 28th they then came back uh, to the hive and clustered 
And if you've been following on Instagram, you know it's been a, I guess, an interesting journey. They're still in a cluster. Uh, we suspect now that many of them have not made it. And uh, the instinct, there, somewhere there would be a queen in there, and I'm not sure. I don't think she's still alive, but it's hard to know. Again, the impulse is to take my horsehair brush and broom, you know, sweep them into a nice home with lots of food and warmth and <laughs> protection and sustenance. But I think that's, you know, that's taking the next step that I don't want to do. It's nature, and, you know, if this hive is, for whatever reason, not able to make it on its own, then... I'm not sure I should intervene, uh, and I'm not going to. So the swarm continues to sit in a cluster uh, on the log hive, and we'll just keep monitoring it and seeing what happens. There's a lot of, uh, you know, all of the all of the bees that were visible yesterday were moving, and obviously were alive. It looked like foragers were going out and bringing back nectar to them, to perhaps that's how they're staying alive, because we're talking over two weeks now that they have been in that state. Um, so, so it's just, I don't, I don't understand. Uh, I, I don't know, but, uh, I talked to an experienced beekeeper who said he's also, you know, witnessed bees, uh, swarming on the ground and creating a cluster on the ground, which obviously keeps them open to being susceptible to, you know, to not surviving because it's very dangerous for a cluster to be on the ground. They, they can't even really sting because they're full of honey. So it's, it's strange that I, I all, yesterday I was kind of wondering, did bees lose the, have we taken that from them, the instinct and the intelligence to swarm? Because most of the things you read online or, you know, the beekeeping classes you take, they talk about swarm prevention strategies. The University of Guelph, which are supposed to be the experts on beekeeping, talk about that. Everybody talks about preventing your swarms, from, uh, sorry, your hives from swarming. So maybe we've sort of, over time, you know, stopped the bees from continuing on with that learned behavior. But last year... Uh, we we started with 13 hives and ended up with uh, 31. So they were all split. We caught a couple swarm. Uh, sorry, a couple swarms decided to move in. So we we actually split a number of hives. So last year they did not learn to swarm because we only had a couple. But hopefully that will come back if we let them do that, and and shortly they'll be back to normal. So then coming up uh, the laneway yesterday by the uh, what we call the barn hive, um, it was swarming, and sure enough. It was swarming onto the ground. <laughs> there was, and then later, probably two or three hours later, I came back and they were gone. So I, I'm not sure where they are. We haven't checked all our uh, empty um, swarm hives yet, so we'll see what in, where they went. If they decided to stay, great. If not, good luck to them. I also completed two more uh, no-look splits, and I did three on the 13th of May, and I did two yesterday. Just to review, a no-look look split is just what it sounds like. If you think of a no-look pass in basketball, you basically have a hive that has um, two supers or two boxes. You simply take the top box, place it on top of a bottom board, put a lid on the box that doesn't have a lid anymore, and you walk away. And you don't look inside. You don't look. That's why it's called a no-look. And the, um, the hope is that uh, obviously one half will have the queen and the other half will have hopefully some eggs that they can turn into a new um, queen. Now the the concept is very much like, uh, you know, say there's a hive in a tree and the tree gets hit by lightning or the tree breaks and half of the hive is broken off and miraculously continues to have a 
closed off interest with the exception of a one inch entranceway. That's about as close as we can get in nature to what we're doing with a no look split. But the advantage I found having done the other where you go in and actually look for eggs and try to find the queen and all that disruption, the no look split takes about two minutes or less to do. And it's not very disruptive. Very quickly after this uh, split I did yesterday, they were out foraging again, and the bees looked totally normal. There was no excessive activity. It was uh, it was just like a normal situation. So we did the no-look splits. So far we've done five. And basically the, the purpose for me was to um, go from two boxes to one because I really think a single um, deep or a couple of mediums are all the bees need to survive and thrive and that's where we're our target really is to get to that point so the no look split is about doing that now i thought that no one had done this and then of course you know you start looking around and i talked to uh tyler at blb honey in dresden he said he's been doing it he's in fact he just did 40 of them like that has been doing it for years and then i went online and looked again and found some articles about it so people have been doing it for a very long time not a lot of people talk about it you won't see too many um videos on youtube about it because well i don't know maybe it's just it's too um it's too simple i did put it up at wildflowerbeefarm.com the whole three minute spiel most of that was me talking because the actual split did not take very long i can tell you we have the sensor still in the top section of, of three uh, two yeah three of the five still have sensors in the top so i'm able to monitor the very light top box and i'm told by tyler that if they're light you have a pretty good chance of being successful because if it's heavy there's too much honey and there may not be brood up there so hopefully these will work and i'm hoping to do another five uh, and then leave the rest for swarms just to get to a point where we're self-sustaining here now the planning, I, I talked a little bit about the um, do we treat for all the mites or just partially and what do we use because we do have some formic pro left which is a, an acid, formic acid that's considered more natural but still very tough on hives and queens and the other problem with formic is it kills everything, all the mites and a lot of other unintended um, insects that are probably beneficial, we know they're beneficial so that's a dilemma. Um, I've already talked about Hopguard. I'm not sure it's as gentle as they say. And then, then I'm left with thymol, or thymol. It's a, it's from the herb, the thyme herb, T-H-Y-M-E, and it's used primarily when you're not going to be, you know, getting any honey off because it does leave that sort of thyme sort of flavor and everything. But it's not very um, toxic to bees. Apparently, the problem is you have to put it. Um, within the brood box which means i'm going to be lifting the um the the moisture blankets off which is it's 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 a it's a challenge for the bees but i'm thinking maybe if i just open it a bit and slide it in between i might be able so my, my currently my plan is to use thymol if i'm going to treat some for mites which i will and the other is to keep track of uh of the splits and and those that swarm because if they all swarm which i think they may that's a real good um, way for them to get a break from mites and a good way for them to naturally sort of work through some of that issue. So just to summarize, um, the habitat here is unbelievable. The bees are thriving, uh, focused on a little bit of planting, but pretty much now other than perhaps doing another um, group of uh, 
no-look splits. That'll be it until July as far as needing to open hives and treat for mites or whatever else we're going to do. So, I hope you have an amazing week. I'm Hank from Wildflower Bee Farm. You can go to wildflowerbeefarm.com and check out our videos. Uh, remember, you can uh, go to teachable.com and take my class about bee helping. And you can also go to honeybeelessonplans.com if you want to look at some lesson plans to use some of our videos to teach your children who may be out of school. You have an amazing week. Talk next time.